I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Welcome back, Internet, to a very special episode of Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in all of the realms. We are here again, as we said, with a very special episode. You know we will never leave you high and dry because we always got the goods. We always got the good stuff. And it is one of your hosts, Tatiana King, a.k.a. Baptin Ameriba, a.k.a. the coldest winter soldier ever. And I'm joined with the bespectacled and glowing color changing click. It's your boy DJ <laughs> Ben I mean, aka the Off-White Panther, the Power Toker. That's about it. I okay. ain't got to say much more today, you know what I mean? Good I mean, night. we we don't have to say a lot because we have <laughs> yo. We told big y'all. Big things. We told y'all. We told you we take this very seriously. We are serious about our bond and we are serious about all the stuff that we bring you. You saw how we did when we cover all of the things on Disney Plus, including the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You see, Ben Ami has the Cosmic Cube itself. That's how you know how dead ass we are about everything we do here. And we appreciate you. First and foremost, want to thank everybody, everybody, everybody who has been hitting up our Patreon. Patreon.com slash 4 nerds Y'all have been incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the love and support from everyone from the dollar tier up to the $20 tier or even the $25 tier. I don't even know what tiers we got no more. Just the fact that y'all are on there matters so much and is what keeps us going. What makes us help look us looking beautiful. It's got us that comic cube. It's got us these mics. It's got us into positions and into rooms where we can do special things. Just like you see as the title of this episode. But before we get there, there's some stuff that we wanted to talk about that we haven't gotten to talk to you for a while. Like we've been on hiatus, like a brief hiatus for a little bit. We have some more time to go before we talk about Loki. But there's some things that have come out since that time, right, Ben? I mean, yeah. How much more time do we have to go? Maybe two, weeks? Like a, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. I mean, it depends on when y'all listen to this. It could have been happening already. But... Yeah, right by now. Yeah, for real. Because this is one of them episodes that's gonna be everlasting. Yeah. And so, yeah, you might have already, you know, Loki might be done. You might be watching this, and you know, Avengers Four is out. Let me know how it is <laughs> because you know I want to know. Uh, if you can, you know, you might be watching this in time travel is invented. Sheet. You know what I mean? Sheet. Let me know how Avengers Twenty is then. But for the time being, um. Yeah, we got a few weeks until Loki, you know, and while we waiting, we went and got a little guy you might have heard of, you know, Malcolm Spellman, you know, nothing big, you know, a little something. You know, light you know, work. Light work, talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier real quick. <laughs> you know, one of the best <laughs> interviews he's ever done, as you'll hear him say. He said it, not us. Not us, you know what I mean? We don't make those claim to fame, but in the meantime, in between time, we're, you know, we are views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in all of the multiverse. And in that multiverse, there is the Sony MCU verse, the SMU, SMCU. Girl, I, 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 we're not going to make up this I, No, no, straight it. up, that's what they call it, S- I think. The who? The SMC. I, the SMCU? Like the, the S- S-MCU? Yeah, maybe the SVU. SV? <laughs> the SVU. <laughs> I mean, it should be Sonyverse, you know, it should be. But anyway, the Sonyverse continues to roll on in whatever form or fashion it is. Now, this is one thing. There are a lot of rumors that this will be the last Spider-Man MCU. Far From Home or No Way Home will be it. But Sony and, and Marvel came to another deal of, like, continuing doing joint projects together. So how would but I this think be that the last? Ju- I think that deal goes movie for movie right now. We'll see. Hmm. Because there's a lot of rumors on that, you know, and how they want to take back control, et cetera, et cetera, blase. Because blah. it started making money. They were like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you back know. in the day, they did well with the original Spider-Man series. And then they was like, oh, we're in a different time now. You and know? now they've, you know, they've proven in a way, because for the most part, these movies are produced by Sony. That's the thing, you know, people don't, you know, get like, as you'll hear from this Malcolm interview, you know, they are very insular with each of their products. And Sony being a whole different company is doing these movies on their own. Marvel comes in and offers suggestions and stuff, but they're hiring, you know, the writers, directors, all that production, all that is Sony. So they've done a great job. 
Plus, they got Spider-Verse popping. And as we were talking right now, they got Venom, Let There Be Carnage, mm-hmm. coming very soon. Yeah. Were you a fan of the first movie? In a way. What is that? Mean? Not in the way <laughs> I think that the filmmakers intended for me to be a fan of it. I was a fan of it in its absurdity. And like the same way that I was a fan of, um, I was just watching this movie. It's the new HBO Match Strength with Angelina Jolie, Those Who Wish to Kill Me or something. I was a fan of that movie for its absurdity. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, I could ride with you on the term absurdity because I don't think I ever quite liked the movie, the first Venom movie, but I didn't hate it either. Like, the whole time I was just sitting there like, what the... Like, just, what am I watching, really? And, like, there was some stuff here and there where I was just like, oh, that was really super entertaining, but there was also just... I think this absurdity is just a good name for it because I, I never quite landed on either side of that's amazing or that's terrible because it's neither mm-hmm. of those. It's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there. It's part of it. It's visceral, literally, figuratively. It, it's, as you said, it's part of this multiverse of things. Even at the end of it, they when you had the... I don't know if it was the first or the second after credit scene when they did a little bit of um, the Spider-Man multiverse... Um, into the multiverse, rather. That, that was one of the after credit scenes. So they, they're part of the connection of stuff, but it's just like, just the venom by itself. It's just, their approach to it is different. Yes. I, I, it's just, I, I don't have any great way to describe it, but different. Well, as someone who, like, some of my formative years, especially early comic book years, were like the debut of Venom when Todd McFarlane and I cannot remember the writer at the time. I want to say it's Salakrup, but I'm don't quote me on that one. But I know Todd McFarlane is basically responsible for the look and feel of Venom because he was the artist at the time when they introduced him. And when he first came onto the book, you can look on our YouTube, actually, and watch our interview with Todd McFarlane, where I tell him this, where I was like, yo, man, um, the first time I even got interested in Spider-Man was when I saw your cover for issue 298, the first cover that he did for the book. And I was like, what the f*** is that Spider-Man? Like, the, you know, because to me before that, Spider-Man was corny. He was whack. He looked stiff. You know, he uh, Steve Ditko is the famous artist who pretty much originated the look of Spider-Man. And he's a great, fantastic artist, but his style is just, you know, it's mad old school. You know, I couldn't get with it as a kid at all, you know. And so when Todd McF- and everyone after that aped him for the longest until Todd mm. McFarlane came along. And then Todd became the definitive Spider-Man artist of my generation. So when huh. Todd came on and when they introduced Venom, I, you know, I was hyped. I love Venom. He was dope. But looking back on it, it's, you know, he's kind of a corny ass character in the general. You know, it's kind of like this. He ain't like Green Goblin, you know. He ain't got the pathos of the Goblin, you know. It's it's like it, it's kind of a mess. But that's people, interesting. Yeah, people have done great things with him in the time, you know, good things, bad things. He's a cool character, whatever. My thing that I really wish and I'm really hoping for with this new Venom film is that they really lean into the whole like deconstruction of the macho stereotype that I felt like they were doing in the first one. And that's one thing that, as far as this interview we got coming, there's always more questions that I wish I could ask for someone. And that's something I really wanted to talk to Malcolm about. And I know we'll have him back to talk to him later about it. But mm-hmm. I really want to talk to him about how they were deconstructing the, deconstructing the macho stuff in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like when they had mm-hmm. Falcon and Winter Soldier rolling around in the grass mm-hmm. together. And they were sitting really close to each other and all oh, that Oh, and, stuff. you know, yeah. legs intertwined, you know, mm-hmm. and all this type of thing. And that's what I loved about Venom, how they had this whole... Venom and Eddie Brock relationship yeah. going on, you know, and yeah. I really want them to lean into that, you know, like, yeah. I mean, in the most horrible tentacle sex way you can imagine, folks. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> well, my first entry into just Spider-Man overall had always started with Spider-Man, the animated series that was on Fox Kids. Oh, God. And that's Great. how I learned about it. And I know most of those Fox Kids things were informed damn near directly or yeah. heavily by the comics. So yep. that's how I was pretty, that's how I was able to learn about it without knowing about the comics. Like I've never read the comics or anything yeah. like that. I just watched the shows. So a lot of my at least initial uh early understanding and, and story learning and all that about the characters and the storylines of Spider-Man came directly from the animated series, including Venom, including Carnage. So for me, 
this, especially the first movie, the first Venom movie, it was just an amped up, more even more different version of the the Venom that I saw. Like yep. Venom was an asshole in the Spider-Man the animated series. Yes. Venom did say wow shit yes. in the animated series. So I'm used to that. I'm like, okay, cool. Then they just, to me, because of special effects and all the, and, and, and snarky writers and things like that, they just dial it up several notches where it's just like, okay. And also, as a child, I actually thought Venom was scary. Oh, so, no. In the comics, same. When okay. he first showed up, he was terrifying. Okay. He, he was scary to me. So yeah. they did, it's this dark comedy approach that they've done with the movie Venom. And they... Some of that old, I still feel the twinge of fear whenever Venom just goes a little bit too far. But then he says some wild shit in that like Cookie Monster Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Yes. And then, and that's why I'm saying where I'm like, I don't know where I stand really on Venom besides it's different or it's it's unique and it's, what's the word you use? Not audaciousness, but, or maybe you did just in its no, own. That's a great one. Okay, it's it's very audacious and it's very it's it's perplexing to me because I can't and perhaps that's what it was. I I can't I can't make the calculations of what I'm seeing. Like I can't do one plus one equals two with with when it comes to the Venom movie because it incorporates what I know about Venom and it matches that pattern that I've established since I was a kid. But then it just goes into another direction where I'm like, well, okay, one, I yeah, accept well, one, it. I know. guess. One, as we know, they did not have Tom Holland or any type of Spider-Man in the first one. There is rumors that Tom or some type of Spider-Man might make an appearance in the second one. Yeah. Um, you know, you do see the reporter reading the Daily Bugle, so that yeah. is established to exist, even though the Daily Bugle in the MCU seems to be more of a blog type thing and not a yeah. newspaper anymore. But we'll see. I got a couple questions. They won- established J. Jonah Jameson, that the that we know across the yeah universes. that we know across the, the Sony MCU. But also, the thing is, even in the Venom verse, right? All right, I don't want to get confused here. But in the Venom verse, <laughs> who is Spider Man? Is it uh, Tom Holland? Remember, that's the other thing. Okay, now someone made this. I think it was on Reddit somewhere. They're like, what if Venom? Kill or had something to do with Spider-Man's death in this verse, right? What if that's why? That, no, what if it already happened? That's why Venom is even in San Fran when it oh, first one starts, oh, oh. and not in New York. What if he killed uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Is what they were saying. Sure. Who and then knows? there's a you could and, say anything. And then they introduce Miles in this movie with people's suggestions. <laughs> Listen, everything people are gonna say is gonna sound absolutely ridiculous. It just sounds yes. ridiculous because. And not ridiculous because it couldn't happen, but yep. who the fuck knows? Like yeah. you can with that with that theory, that that direction of that theory, you can insert and take out any number of mm-hmm. Spider-Man. At the end of the day, Spider-Man is that multiverse character, and uh, with with Spider-Man enter the multiverse within within things like Spider Island, like that understanding that there are essentially infinite numbers of Spider-Men. So that type of theory. It's 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 kind of ridiculous because like anybody, it could be anybody. Who knows? It, it's not. It's fun to talk about. Yo, know, it's so funny how Spider Man has become identified with the Spider Verse and like you said, Spider Island and this idea. Because when I was growing up, that was not a thing. Spider Man mm. was just your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was no idea that there was multiple Spider Man across multiverses. Correct. And, yeah, and, and, or and like, like I said, even as a the Spider Man anime series watcher, all I knew of was three: Spider Man, Venom, and Carnage. Yep. That was it. And, for, and 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 whether it was correct understanding or not, my understanding as a child was Carnage was a mix of the two. So that's not even correct. Like, in nowadays, when you're talking about all the different stories that have happened, that yeah, was no. my understanding as a child. Carnage is the symbiote of Venom. Like, he's a yeah, spinoff of yeah, Venom. Yeah, but yeah. But it's just like, even that, like, having that childhood understanding and then it being upended by all these new stories. And then now this. Isn't Venom, I mean, Carnage's real name Cletus? Well, there are several different uh, uh, carnages. That's no, what I'm the saying. carnage, the first the carnage, carnage that, that's in the movie is Cletus, is Cletus. Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy, the the murderer, Cletus. the serial killer. Cletus Cassidy, <laughs> the serial killer. I mean, can we stop on that Cletus. for a second and say Cletus, Cletus Cassidy? Is this like Peter Parker, Cletus Cassidy? You know what I mean? Like, and Eddie Brock. I always love Eddie Brock. That's yeah, a great I've one. always loved Eddie Brock. Yeah, and, and wasn't Eddie? Didn't Eddie end up being Carnage in a cartoon? Oh, I don't know. But I mean, That's I know a... he was Venom, but I'm just saying, didn't he? I, I don't. 
that's what I'm saying. Man, there's so many that shit gets so twisted in the there's, comics right, cartoon. There's so many twisted storylines, and perhaps, and again, this I was a kid, so my memory could have just mixed the two. But they, they didn't have uh, Carnage's spinoffs like Scream and Toxin. I think their names. I don't are. remember if they did. I it might have been off by then. Yeah, that's some other because it went else. off the, the the series went off of air in '98. Okay. So, if, if I they think did, those characters were established by then, but I'm not 100% by then. Yeah, I I would think they were because I wasn't reading comics. Like when Carnage first came out, is when I was like out of comic books for a minute. Like, the, yeah, but like yeah. Carnage had like multiple hosts too. So it's just like, yeah, I was fuck? done with all that by then. I I didn't read comics for like a good five years during the, that time. Of the late 90s, I was done. I had wow. no interest. But uh yeah, so again that that's that was that's just how I've just went into like the first movie and then with the second movie, I had said this to someone else online. I was just like, look, I wasn't like the biggest fan, but I also wasn't against the first movie. So for me, I'm watching part two or mm-hmm. or, or or let there be carnage for for continuity's sake. And just because I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Like Woody Harrelson sure. was going in at the goddamn fool. And, and I and I fucks with Woody. I'm always down for that. Um what's his name? Tom Brady, I mean not Tom Brady, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom, Brady. Tom Hardy. Tom Brady is Carnage. <laughs> yeah, well that'd be great. Oh Jesus. Tom Brady is Carnage for that matter. Um, Tom Brady is, I mean Tom Hardy is just going to be great, you know. Again, Tom Hardy, like, I fucks with him. I cannot believe Tom Hardy is actually doing a, the second Venom movie. You know what I mean? Like we live in a world where Tom Hardy established great actor. Tom Hardy can't believe he's doing a second Venom movie. How about that? How did we get here? His, like when you and I'm like that's his that's bank what, account can. That's the absurdity. That's the word you used earlier. Absurdity. Yeah. The absurdity of just that. Like, yeah. this guy and then Dunkirk. this is who he is. Like, even and even within the movie itself, it's like, even though he's acting, I'm still like, I still feel like I see Tom Hardy in the movie. Like, what the fuck am I doing in this scene? Like, I mean, that man's accent that he did in that first one was so out of control that... And it changed. And, and is, I hope... <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I'm, and, and to be very clear to the listeners... I'm not dogging out the movie. I'm, I'm just I expressing my confusion, but also my acceptance, but also my non-acceptance. It's just all over the place. And perhaps that was quite intentional because that's how I just, anytime I see Venom and this, the first movie, and now even now that the trailer of the second, all I think of is chaos. And that's what it also, it has always, for since I was a child, Venom has stood for chaos for me. Yes, and chaos. it's like Sony woke up and chose chaos when they decided they to make this. They chose chaos and violence, and that's what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm down for it. 100%. And also, I just want to know, is Carnage trying to have an ill voice like the Oscar, you know? I, I, I mean, I think it's hilarious. Cookie Monster mixed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. If you listen, if you listen and, and watch that, that opening scene in the trailer once more of Venom, uh, Venom 2, y'all going to hear it. I'm about to go rewatch Venom maybe tonight. I haven't seen it since. I, I can't rewatch it. I was just like, what is going on? I haven't seen it since the first time I watched it. I think I'm going to rewatch that later on tonight. I, you be by yourself. I will. Because <laughs> you might want to take some shrooms or something because right, it's, it's you know, too much. They're always it's readily available. <laughs> um, anyway, but speaking of watching, this is something I wanted to bring up to you too. And since we're on views from the 616 for all nerds, real quick, before we get to this Malcolm Spellman interview, I know that you recently watched Hollywood shuffle i did that i did freaking hilarious when did this movie come out in the 80s i want to say 86 okay firmly in the 80s still relevant number one still hyper and which is so freaking wild and i and i shouldn't be surprised but i'm just surprised how hyper relevant it still is with the exception of like maybe a couple of lines where i'm like y'all wouldn't say that in 2021 no besides that everything still was was valid and that's both like hilarious and also like scary like damn shit hasn't changed in what 30 years i mean it's changed just slowly <sighs> slowly i mean we wasn't getting a black panther in 86 no you know no. what i mean no but 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 that being said i did enjoy hollywood shuffle quite a bit and you had told me like as you watch like as i watched it i was going to see some faces familiar faces and yes i could point out all the randoms like like randomly Paul mooney at the end yep. <laughs> and like like all these people like like i know there's plenty of faces but i just didn't recognize their yeah. who they were what their impact was but there was a few that were at, at least on on another level that i that i did see and like oh that's because was Tommy Davis in it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tommy. Most of the living color is in it at some point. Like or the Wayans, the family. The Wayans, the whole it. family's in it. Yeah. yeah the whole family so, of the Wayans in it. 
Yeah, every, but, but, but it was fun. And like I said, was, with the exception of a few things that they said, generally it was still funny. Like I mean, brilliantly funny. I, like y'all don't know, but like I told Ben like the night that I was watching, I was like, okay, I'm starting now. And within 10 minutes... Or, I don't know, 12 minutes, I texted him was like, yo, this shit is hilarious. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even, like, in a quarter of the way into the movie. Like, and it just kept, I just kept constant, laughing. Constant, yeah. It's no, constant. No. It's just constant ridiculousness. And I've talked about it with you for years. I've been so happy you watched it. But why yes. I bring it up again is I was thinking about doing a watch party with For All Nerds because it's on Hulu. It's directed and written by Robert Townsend. For those who don't know, Meteor Man. I mean, a million other things. And he, I feel like he does not get the flowers and the roses he deserves. Yeah, I agree. So, so I was like, let's do a watch party or something to celebrate Mr. Robert Townsend. And hopefully that would convince this man to come on the show since he follows me, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we're still waiting like Wesley yeah. on that one. I, I didn't think we were still waiting on Wesley. I thought we was done with that. I, thought we I mean, we pretty on. much are, you know. We, we've <laughs> moved on, you know. We've moved on, but... Um, we're going to start it asking... It still would be nice, but it would yeah. be gone. Yeah. We need to ask, what's your favorite Will Smith movie? Oh. <laughs> the disrespect. Look. look. The disrespect. Somebody might be a little bitter over here. I'm just saying. <laughs> the absolute disrespect. <laughs> look, I got pictures with Wesley. Smiling. Where he's like, yeah, I'll be there. And his, his uh, assistant was like, yeah, here's his email. Hit us up. Crickets for five years. No, I'm just saying. I know I mean, it's been five years. I, I sent three separate emails. <sighs> well, at least you tried. You, you yeah. know, the, the bar since he rules out that cake yeah. that says at least you tried. That's, <laughs> that's what we're eating right now. So At least you tried. Whatever. That but what we it. didn't try, we did. Do yes, yet, Mister Monsieur <laughs> Malcolm Spellman on Views from the Six. Our first guest on Views from the Six One Six. Yeah, and that's pretty damn good for our first. I mean, that's pretty big right there. You know, what <laughs> I mean, like the, the, the showrunner and head writer of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel does not have any showrunners. Minor. We called him the showrunner, but he is actually just a head writer because Marvel, huh. yeah, because of their production method and like as he, you'll hear on his interview, the specific way they do production, and because I think they're trying to get rid of that whole auteur, one person is everything oh, okay. idea of a showrunner. Got that it. can happen when you got a dickhead showrunner. Not all <laughs> of them are like that. Some of them are awesome, you know. Yes. I hope to be one myself one day. <laughs> Not the dickhead shades. kind. Wearing them shades. Yeah, yeah, wearing the shell, yeah. Let's break this character down, folks. <laughs> but we got him. We tried. That's how I'll do it. With and shades. we succeeded. And and thank you, just gracious thank you to Malcolm Spellman. And and really just just thank you to everyone who has been supporting us and helped to make this happen. Because without y'all, without the listeners, we wouldn't be here right now. Yep. So we will be right back with the one and only Malcolm Spellman here on Views from the Six. One, six. Chill. And what's good, y'all? And today on the spaceship, once again, we are bringing you that heat, to say the least, because today is a very special day for the fan fam. You might know our guest from a little show starring Lucius Lyon and Cookie, or you might have caught his docuseries Hip Hop Uncovered. And if you're a Views from the 616 listener, then you know him as the showrunner and the big dog in charge. The one and only Malcolm Spellman is on the spaceship tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We got to give you a warm, warm welcome. Um, Very excited to have you here, man. We had a blast. Uh, It was was an emotional roller coaster with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, to say the least. And, um, you know, we just wanted to like kind of talk to you a little bit more about just not just so much the process, but like what are we trying to get out of this, like, and also just understand you a little bit more, sir. Great. Well, shit. That inter- that that, in- that intro was the best intro intro I've ever gotten in a uh, interview. So, <laughs> we're off to a good start. Good. Of course, of course, it's all love here, man. Mm-hmm. 
But before we do get into the Falcon and Winter Soldier, we got to get back into some of your origins, right? We know you're from the Yay area. We know, you know, how you grew up and all that. But when did you first, you know, realize your geek? And when did you become one of the fan, fan, fam? It, it's, it goes back and it goes deep. And it's funny, like, you know, y'all might have had similar experience, right? You know, I'm a neighborhood dude. I'm from a certain era um, where just the, the, the country was just rough in a different way. I was never mm-hmm. a rough kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I grew up around rough kids. And those are my people. And I talk to them for, to this day. You know what I'm saying? So they call me a nerd. You know what I'm saying? Because I was, I mean, I'm, I'm a little kid going out and buying comic books. But I'm still coming back to the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like with, with mm-hmm. it. And, um, um, oh, I got lucky, man, growing up in Berkeley in particular. Oakland is pretty good, but growing up in Berkeley, it, it wasn't an issue like it is in some neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you know, it can be tough to be a comic book, you know, you, you went and stole some Dungeon and Dragon books or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, where I came from, those people in my family, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and the connection never broke. And I really wish... I feel like there needs to be a movement in these neighborhoods, you know, that we call the hood. I just call them neighborhoods mm-hmm. uh, where they embrace, you know, we embrace our black nerds so that people feel like coming home. Yeah. And if they go out and make it and they felt supported by the community, they don't want it. It's not a trauma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want to come home. But anyway, from a little kid, dude, I'm from Berkeley. So I grew up with comics, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously everything else, you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons already. So, yeah, we see it goes deep. Yeah. And like like I said, dude, no lie. Like, I'm not going to name his name, but like, you know, we had cats playing D&D with us that go out and rob a bank right afterwards. Right. It's a different thing in the Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Welcome to the family. That's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, it, it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, I, I, I think, like, people here nerd. And they think you're not part of the block Mm-mm. and you are, you know what I'm saying? You step yeah. right outside, go play hoop, hook up with the same girls that everyone, you know what I'm saying? You right there with the people, at least yeah. from my era, you know what I'm saying? There wasn't really separation between my group and, and what was going on side. But yeah, we, you know, we're the, the early, early innovators in the black nerd thing, I guess. Absolutely. And I'm glad you made that distinction between the generations because like I was one of the first lucky generation. I'm a millennial. So I was one of the first lucky generations where it was starting to be okay to be a nerd. You know, it's still you have the things you have to go through, especially as a girl and as a black woman. But like just having that, as you said, that community, having to know that the same people who's into all the anime, Yu-Gi-Oh and all that other stuff is the same people who's hooping down the street. So I think I think that's really beautiful to see the progression. And exactly like you said, like, and there is like lots of bastions of like, you know, black, black nerd love and, and black nerd understanding. So I, I just really and I hope you're happy to see that it has progressed and improved over time. Way better now. It, I mean, like I said, you know, it, it, this is a, a I reconnected with this cat like he's a genius. Um, um this dude was in AP classes in high school, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And had a set of books at home and a set of books at school. So he didn't have to carry his, his, you know, you, you just you can't expose yourself. Cause he was a real street dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it, it's way better now. And it's beautiful to see, you know? Mm. All right. Well, one of the things that we loved about Falcon and Winter Soldier is that there were like so many different viewpoints from black voices because yes. Most of the time we get the token, you know, we get one character who's basically speaks for everyone. But this one had like multiple angles about pretty much every issue that was presented. And beyond that, it was like sometimes it wouldn't even be angles that I'd agree with personally, but it was just nice to see it. So was it important for you to present all those viewpoints even when they contradicted your own? Absolutely. We didn't want people, we didn't want to decide who was right or wrong. Mm. Sam's sister, Isaiah. Sam, we didn't want to decide who's right or wrong. Um, 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 that was very, very important to us, you know, so that you could see it and you could see like the diversity, even in one family, you know, like you could see the sister fucks with him all the time. when she says, Uncle Sam, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you kind of get a sense of who she is. 
Y'all like that awkward stop I did right in the middle? Of <laughs> well, see, actually, you know what? That's so funny because you know I, I feel like I, I see that happening more and more on TV too. Because it's like, how do you you want to see how the person reacts? Right? Are they gonna like freak out or do they wait? Sometimes <laughs> I feel like I ramble, and if I made a point, even if my tone is saying I got more to say, yeah, I'm trying to be disciplined and shut the fuck up because I made a point. <laughs> and it's only going to get worse from there. So that's but, what that was about. But Malcolm, you're on For All Nerds. Like, what we do is we, we make our points, we give our science, we give the math, and we keep it going until you're ready to stop. <laughs> like, don't worry about that. You you got all the time in the world, man. As much time as you want to give to make your point, we're not going to stop you. <laughs> but now, if we feel like something's wild or doesn't make sense, we're going to jump in. But absolutely, please be able to speak. Um, But, but, but did you have more to say on that point? No, I, I I felt like it was getting blurry, so I stopped talking. Oh. <laughs> no, I understood you you very clearly, and and really, when it comes to understanding you, or or rather, rather understanding your voice, the voice of the writers' room, you know, I've seen and read and and, and other interviews you've done where you express that the writers' room is mostly black, which is phenomenal. Absolutely makes sense because. Episode one, Ben Amin and I looked at each other and said, "This is the blackest thing we've ever seen from Marvel." So it makes all of that sense. And with our show, Views from the 616, that's our MCU-focused podcast, we broke down each episode. Yeah, we did pointing out Easter eggs and comic book references, but we wanted to make it a point, and that's probably why we became popular. We wanted to make it a point to break it down within themes. So we ex- understood like the direction y'all were going in in a lot of the episodes, you know, understanding that the, the mirror the theme. Like there was one episode where you just kept seeing mirrors happening between the two. Um, mirrors between John Walker and Lamar versus Bucky and Sam and and so on and so forth. So you know, we were really trying to examine what you and the creative team were, were trying to say. And, and, you know, as a creative, like how do you go about crafting this story? It, it's you got to be rigorous, right? And the more the more your process, the more you can sort of, you know, we were all methodical. It's a great group of people, including our partners from Marvel, mm. on mapping out every single thing so that all the discussions that you have that's just kind of like intellectual can start to find a home and be embodied through characters and drama. So each character's arc is mapped all the way out across every single episode, right? Then each character's relationship is mapped all the way out across every episode. Then you know, then you had a plot mapped out before you even break it into episodes, right? When you're looking at all that, it starts to become more, you're more able to start really now layering in theme and, and, and and turn it into shit that you can actually see see or hear because you're looking at this giant board and able to say, oh, well, if in, you know, episode two, you know, Sam and Bucky are here, mm-hmm. this is happening down here. It would be great if he said or did something like this. So it just, it was a long process of really trying to get clear on the whole picture before we chopped it up into episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, so that we knew this, all the stuff, the, all the conversation. That show is basically, man, everybody is a living embodiment of conversation that's happening today. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and and it feels like it, it's working for people. It feels like people are saying, this shit feels modern and tapped in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. you know, so yeah, that. but that's it. Just being methodical. That's how you get it in there. Mm-hmm. You did that. Um, now, even though we pointed out a lot of the underlying themes on our own show and we hoped... we. Honestly, I mean, I'm sure you saw this. I know you talked about avoiding the credits, but a lot of people just kind of miss things sometimes. And I, we weren't surprised. Well, we were surprised sometimes. I was surprised. <laughs> and sometimes even a little bit dismayed, you know, because you're like, damn, yeah. like, were you surprised or dismayed or sad or anything by like when people didn't get the the bank scene was rooted in racism? It, it, I don't, I truly like you. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Right. When I stumble into it, it's hard to believe. And it feels like active denial. It mm. feels like active denial. I, I don't believe. I mean, you have to not have a television in 2021 to not know what's happening. You know what I'm saying? And I don't believe people don't know what's happening. I believe it's active denial. So, okay. yeah, it, it'd be disappointing when I did see it. And I always doubted it. I always doubted it was genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I felt like people were being deliberately, you know, I should be careful. Um, but I felt like people were being. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it for you, willful ignorance. Yeah, yeah. I just, at least in 2021, man, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. There's really no more debate. It's like, it's like, <laughs> what else no can you more say? Debate, man. <laughs> the yeah. world is the world, and y'all see what it is, and you know what we're referencing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. No, go ahead. I was thinking just like, what else can you say? How else can you say it? Because the other thing that uh, like like critics or whatever struggle with, uh, particularly black critics, is like, what's that line you ride between, as, as I call it, the PBS special with being very on the nose about what this is about versus just allowing the viewer to be smart enough to read between the line. And then when you present something like this with the bank scene, where at least from a black person right away before they even say two words, you already know what's about to go down. But to your point, even as a non-black person, you you have a TV, you've seen this stuff, and yet willful ignorance or otherwise, it doesn't click. So is, is, is that idea, like, do you think about the idea of how to balance, how to give the, the lesson? You try to, you really try, the skill comes from all of us trying to make the lesson be manifested in drama and behavior. You really, okay. like, you will occasionally have, Sam saying, I'm a black man from the South. What don't I understand? Right. Which is right, right there on the nose. Right. But that felt like what he would say, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. You, you can't shut your character up. They're going to say certain things. And you try not to do the old school version of standing on a pulpit and getting it out there. Because the truth is, Marvel, long before I came along, wanted these characters to emb embody these social conversations. Mm -hmm. And and that's what their DNA is as characters. So if John Walker <laughs> is using excessive force with a shield, I shouldn't have to say more. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to say more. Um, and I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have to have someone say, well, you know, I, again, I want, I want to be mindful. You know, yeah, it, it's you, you, you really do try and balance it uh, uh, and 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 make it feel as natural as possible and and you know what and you try not to have no agenda like mm -hmm. it, it just we did we didn't have to reach it just like the truth is the truth and marvel is aware that these conversations would have to happen if you hand a black man that shield mm -hmm. it's not like we should if you tried not to do it you would be lying mm. Now, you spoke about that, about John Walker and his use of excessive force. Now, I was honestly, I mean, not honestly, I, yes, I, I knew go. it was coming, <laughs> but I argument. was also surprised by the reaction to John killing someone who, to me, had just attempted to kill him. That's right. Especially considering the Avengers have killed countless people on screen. Like, they just, you know, they be murdering people left and right. Have they killed him like that, Ben? I mean, no, they straight, that, hold up, hold up, though, hold up, Malcolm. They do Malcolm straight up bomb them. You know, like Iron Man flies by with the rockets. Oh, my God. You know, God. dudes don't even get a chance to apologize when he come through. So let me say this. We, we definitely worked very hard not to judge John Walker, mm. right? We wanted to keep his humanity. We wanted him to also be a dude who dedicated his life to this country and was being fucked over in his own way by being what the country expected him to. That dude had just killed his best friend, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth is, when you get into situations like murder in our community or murders coming from uh, law enforcement, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a vast majority, those are in similar situations Correct. where mm -hmm. they are hot-blooded because of what's happening. It mm -hmm. does, if, if, I mean, you know, some people might feel like Walker was justified. Some people don't. And... And you want it to be complicated like that because the only way we're going to get to shit shifting is if these conversations become active, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you sit there and say, John Walker is bad or John Walker is good, then you're not really having a conversation because it's usually not that stark. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Because that, I, I kept saying that on the show. I was saying that, you know, the system we are under Fs over everyone on different levels. And it, yeah. John Walker definitely has privilege of being a white male in this system. But at the same time, this system is effing him over. And I've made the argument that he's damn near as brainwashed as Bucky is in different levels. I, 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 you know, it's funny, like, 
if you look at every black movement, right, it, they always include working class whites. It's the difference yes. between our movements and theirs. Yep. We understand, we understand historically the Jim Crow laws were designed to split us away from mm -hmm. poor and working class white people because that's the bond that people are terrified of, right? Mm -hmm. And and Walker's loss of privilege to and the rage around it, to me, is consistent with something happening in America. And the crazy thing is the people who most understand them and could have compassion for them are the people they're raging at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it is, it is, it, it's, it just really mirrored this phenomenon. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this interview. Um, <laughs> um, 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 anyway, yeah, we wanted shit to be complicated and, you know, uh, uh, not one-sided. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And, and we understand the complications in it. And, and I mean, you, you, you joked about it just now, you have joke and have serious about getting in trouble for this interview, but the, the the ideas and the themes, the underlying ideas and the themes and underlying energy really, it Ben and I were were we often discuss like the difficulties of writing like revolution and really talking about true revolution within various communities. But how difficult is that doing that within the framework of Marvel? Like from what I understood, Marvel pretty much gave you a lot of runway, but also there's still a certain <laughs> there's certain standards are, that needs to be met to to within the marvel uh framework so like could you just those it was way more there. free than you think meaning this really? marvel is going to stay involved with you because yeah. if they don't you're going to write a scene where vision walks through the door right <laughs> and yeah. you don't know because they don't tell you what else is going on right mm -hmm. you don't know that you're ruining something else in the mcu right so they have to they have to guide you there and they're very very creative people and they deserve a lot of credit. <laughs> they, I mean, let me say this, that that's condescending by itself. Marvel is not Marvel by accident. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something special is happening up there. And you are joining something bigger than yourself when you go work there. Um, and if you don't believe me, look at the pedigree of what's come out before you. You know what I'm saying? Now, once you get into telling the story, Man, I was surprised. Like I did, I never got pushback on the shit that I thought I would have got pushback on. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I I never. It, it was. I believe that a big part of that was, you know, bless R.I.P. to Chadwick. Um, him, what he did with Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, I think just shattered Black Panther. Just shattered the world's limitations on what heroes could look like and kill mm -hmm. mom's speech opened the door for a lot of what we did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So by the time I showed up, man, they had already proven that there was, that there is a lot of space, you know what I'm saying? To create. And they did, they didn't push back on like, you know, they're going to hit you on the stuff that you know, they're going to hit you on the stuff that does not jive with the, with the MCU, what they're doing, you know, you can't spend, they gave us a lot of money, but, uh, you know, you can't spend all the money. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's mostly stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Now, we do have this theory on our show about uh, what we call killmongering a character. And it's not just a Marvel thing. We just use killmonger for the popular example because it's when a character does something so egregious where you just know, okay, that guy, I can't agree with him. Because beyond, to us at least, beyond killmonger shooting his girlfriend, choking out the grandmother... He's, you know, got a lot of good ideas. So is it the same thing with Carly? Because we were like Carly, me, I personally wasn't feeling Carly from the jump because I felt like she was going to just turn into what she turned into. You know, from initial thoughts, she's like, she's kind of funny style. You know? <laughs> so, I see we got ourselves a conservative over here. You know what I'm saying? I know who you are at the barbershop, bro. I know exactly who you are. The funny thing is, no, that's not even it, but I just, I, I do like to, you know, my thing is I hate hypocrisy, and I hate when people are like, oh, this person's good, this person's bad, and I'm like, we wait a minute. We didn't do that, though, did we? No, you didn't, no. And but people watching the show did, and that's what I kept trying to point out to people, is that it wasn't so simple as Carly's a good guy or John's a bad guy. That is 100% true. We wanted every, every antagonist in our show 
thinks they're a hero mm-hmm. and we want their philosophy to be relatable. Like Thanos also thinks he's a hero, right? Yep. Yeah. But nobody can get on board with his philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We wanted all our characters to have worldviews and philosophies that people could get on board with. You don't know how many people three, four episodes in were texting me and emailing me saying, is Carly going to become a hero in the MCU? Because her views and representing people who feel powerless, who are missed, who are uh, displaced or whatever, right? It, 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 they are rooted in righteousness. Look at Sam. Sam. I mean, Sam didn't want to give up on her. You know mm. what I'm saying? But Ben did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gave up. Just... See, the thing is, though, I gave up on all of them, dog. I think, like, I can't stand Wanda. I think, you know, Tony was a monster up until damn near right before he died. You know, I kind I kind of understood Thanos. You know, I you know I'm you know I just look at things in a different viewpoint. You know, I just like to take it all in. I, like I said, I know who you are at the barbershop because <laughs> <laughs> I hate cops. I'm definitely gonna abolish the fucking police and all that. Nah, f that. You know, I just you know, but you know, all these Avengers be out there killing people. Yeah. But nah, you we we definitely really worked hard to try and keep these characters having redeemable qualities, humanity and points of view that were rooted in the way the world feels today, man. Like people do feel powerless. And mm-hmm. there's an argument from Carly's point of view, the all power to all people, right? Mm-hmm. Those days could truly be over. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what you do with these corporations and these human beings, like individuals who have the power of a continent mm-hmm. in one person, mm-hmm. right? Forget governments. We're talking about you know the billionaire class and that phenomenon Mm -hmm. and it can be as it can be as real as being displaced because your country's been torn apart by bombs or you lost your job or it could be as trivial trivial is try and get customer service on your phone right you don't feel any power as a regular person and and carly was fighting for those people and believed in that and embodied those views and a lot of people was fucking with her because of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was I was largely fucking with her, you know, until some stuff started going hell Hydra route, and I was like, okay, I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, that, that yeah, like I got it. But when she starts blowing people up, when she's like, you know, I I'll just go kill John Walker. I'm like, you know, that's not gonna make you any like ju- like Sam said. That's just making you a different type of person. A different but type she of person could tell she was really on. listening to Sam too. And mm-hmm. the argument we are we made is in that moment. Had Walker not stormed in, mm. Sam had her. He mm. did. He did. I agree. Sam had her. Yep. No, I agree. John is also, you know, a maniac at points too. You know, he's got that white privilege where he's like, okay, I'm right, and I'm gonna go do this, and you know, everybody else can go f themselves. It's that aggressive att- attitude that makes America great and makes America at times awful. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a wild dichotomy. Just we got to live through, but. What you said, you you mentioned earlier about Ryan Coogler and and Black Panther and the impact that that made on multiple levels. And that just reminds me of that idea of storytelling and connecting the diaspora, because you've you've mentioned before how Black Panther and right here now on this show, how Black Panther set the bar high. You're telling the story at that point from an African character's perspective. And now with Falcon and Winter Soldier, this is an African-American telling that perspective. So. Just just in your views, like how do you want to either from this show and going forward, how do you want to connect the diaspora with this with these storytelling? It, it's I'm going to try and be disciplined like this particular thing to me really had some pretty meaningful. Uh, roots to it mm-hmm. and could go there. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes you can't force that, like if something else comes along, let's say I'm doing a, a comedy or whatever, right? If that comedy doesn't have a ton to say, maybe it has a little bit to say, but it's going to help create, you know, a black star who then can go off and, 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 and empower a story that we never thought would have been made. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the same metric and, 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 and part of the same, uh, 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 Stu, like one thing, you know, we're dedicated, dedicated to over at our company mm-hmm. is to try and have like people use diversity as a dead, as a sort of dirty word, which means small. And this is for Latino people. This is for Asian people. This is for, you know what I'm saying? And 
for us, the goal is shit like Black Panther or Crazy Rich Asians or whatever. Not exactly those movies, but projects that are culturally specific and tell our story, but mm-hmm. do it in a way that create international Black superstars so that we can do big projects and do, you know what I'm saying? Because that's a big hurdle right now. That is, we're still fighting that battle and that myth that the world doesn't want to see us. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, that for that's, that's our main dedication. And when you can go deep with it and the project allows you to go deep with it, then you, then you got to be fearless, but at the same time, you got to be disciplined and not force it. If there's a better story to tell, that's less, that's less meaty and has less substance, but it's better. Yeah. You got to be disciplined and tell the better story and, and you'll get them next time, you know? That's facts. Right, now, cool. yeah. Y'all are great though. This is one of the best interviews I had. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you, man. Thank you. We, we got like uh, one more question and then our quick, uh, like rapid fire joints and then we'll get you out of here. Let's, let's do it. All right. Thank you. Like listening to your interview with, uh, Kevin and Mark, I was like, one thing that really stood out to me was beyond, like, like I said, all the similarities we have that we both spent a lot of time working outside of Hollywood. We are from that same generation. And then, you know, I've never had that experience of just having a run like, you know, Empire and then uh, Winter Soldier. But I've been on a hot show and then not knowing what's going to happen after that. And, you know, still in that kind of in some ways. And so my question for you is like, you went through this, like listening to that and hearing the time, you know, when you had that strip yeah. drop and then to Empire. It's like, how do you maintain your sanity and just how do you maintain during, you know, those times? It, it It's difficult, man. And it's hard. I think people need to understand that, you know, I did give up. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I did keep, I will say this, even when I gave up, I kept writing. Mm-hmm. But in my heart, I truly believed it was over mm. wow. and I wasn't strong. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have faith. Like, I think, you know, uh, those people are amazing who never lose the, the the hope. You know what I'm saying? But I for sure did. And the shit, I mean, you know, we can't, like I said, there's just certain, certain things you can't get into. But like the people who know me know where that struggle went. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And but the one thing I did do is I just kept writing. You know what I'm saying? I mm. just and I didn't. I truly did not believe it was gonna happen. Like I thought it was done, but I was like, I'm just gonna keep writing anyway. I told someone in another interview. Uh, I was basically writing out of spite. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's real. That's so real. And like I, I'm not. You know, I, I lose faith, but I still have faith because it also. You know, I haven't been through that long. It's been a couple years since I worked on. Like at least, you know, where I was in a room working, you know, I've done pitches, worked on this and that. But thank you for that, man. Because that, you know, that interview and just, you know, your whole story is so inspiring. And that's something that we want to do on this show is show people, you know, because like we talk about our process, how we've had pitches, how we've been on, you know, certain projects. When I was in American Gods, I told everyone all about it. And so we like to show people the ways. So just the people understand there are ways that they can do this and they can achieve this and that, you know, that everyone goes through it where they give up yeah. sometimes and then they, yeah. you know, boom, you on Empire, boom, you on this, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just the fact that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and you mm-hmm. do give up sometimes. <laughs> like, I think that's real. No one ever talks about it. There's always like, oh, I held out faith. It's like, no, what's the, the real tea is I, I was over it. Yeah. So, you know, and it is what it is. All right. So before you get out of here, we're going to do the quick rapid fire. We're going to give you two or three options and we just need you to pick one. OK, if you want to elaborate on why you picked it, that's fine. But we're going to give it to you. All right. Yeah. All right. The first question we have is the Falcon or War Machine. Falcon. <laughs> OK. The Wire or Breaking Bad. Damn. Wire. <laughs> the Wire. That's a tough one, though. Um um, um, I just, you know, again, I come from that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it is, but they're both masterpieces, but the, the wire, you know, them kids, mm-hmm. you, you, I mean, it's just, it's directly talking to the experience, you know? Gotcha. Chills. Gotcha. All right. E40 or too short. <sighs> this is devastating. <laughs> this is devastating. Um, I knew it would be. Here's why I'm going to say short Ooh. because I'm from Berkeley. I got, um, that's for people who don't know, it's a college city that's literally right next door to Oakland. I grew up right on the border. So we got the old school two short tapes from Freddie B as kids 
where he was rapping off Vanity Six, you know, instrumentals and shit. And he was so Bay Area specifically Oakland identified. Again, if you're young, shit, if you're young, if anyone under 40 only knows that everyone repped their cities. Mm-hmm. But back in the old days, New York and L.A. was so dominant. People would claim cities that they weren't even from or not mm-hmm. or not claim mm-hmm. where they were from. Mm-hmm. Short was repping Oakland and the Bay, shouting out Berkeley. Howard came through from the B-Town. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, I, I got to go short. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm I'm from Houston and I'm from Third Ward, you know? So it's like, I remember when the Born the Mac poster was on this uh, mall that I drive by and I was just like, you know, this guy's a, a superstar, you know, that was just, yeah. Yeah, there's always been a club, like, there's some odd cities like Houston, Kansas City, Detroit. There's always been a weird connection between uh, the Bay Area and those cities. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but, like, you would be a local rapper from Oakland, could tour those cities also, and vice versa. It's that hustler. It's like Chicago and Houston, too, because I knew when I got to Howard, all my Chicago heads love ghetto boys like harder than i mean i love ghetto boys but i was like these cats love them some ghetto boys mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right one last question if you could have any one superpower what would it be well I, I, you know what i'm a cheat because i can't think of a good one i'm gonna say molecule man oh Okay, you got to school me on that. My man, I mean, I you, you just like showed rogue. your geek cred right See, there. You know, usually like, people say they're gonna cheat. They gonna say what I say, he, which is rogue. He like, cheated. You just touch oh, people. Oh, he all over rogue. He 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 slam dunk, put rogue in the closet, <laughs> threw it down the trash. No, I mean he that that I got the Galactus behind me. He went up. You know, he went hard. This man went like, nah, that ain't even good enough, dog. Forget Galactus. Get your Thanos out of here. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this Google uh, molecule man. That you know yeah. that man ain't yeah. <laughs> Owen oh, Reese. Oh, yeah. he, oh, he op like that. Overpowered. He op like that. Yeah, My he's God. OP. He's OP. <laughs> Damn. Oh, okay. But that was you. Yeah, you know, respect on that choice right there. That's a, you know that's a deep dig right there. Yeah, and respect for you for coming on the Four All Nerd Show. I know everyone appreciated. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be right back with more fan show. Thank you guys. We're amazing. Really Thanks. appreciate y'all having me. Thank you so much to the Malcolm Spellman for a hot fire interview. Thank you again so much. Thank you to everyone. We really hope you enjoyed that. I just really enjoy being able to ask the person behind the creation, one of the people behind the creation about the choices that they make and the thoughts and the process. I think it's a really amazing learning experience. Oh, I mean, facts. Like, especially someone, you know, both of us are writers. We both work in around Hollywood. We've written scripts, et cetera. So to talk to a creator like that, a head writer, a showrunner, whatever you want to call it, you know, the man <laughs> in charge, the man with the plan. And just to get even a peek, a little glimpse behind that Marvel curtain and how they produce things and how they create things over there, why they're number one and hit smashing, why they got <laughs> us over here working every week doing views from the 616 <laughs> with no breaks. Fam, we talked about this earlier, but the abridged version, Marvel is on our next. Disney, Marvel, the whole Mickey from the Block is on our next for now into eternity because I don't see any breaks besides the one we're on now. I just don't see it and I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> it's, it's tight. It's tight, folks. Oh, my gosh. I, can I have a vacation too? Disney said no. And they ain't even giving us a check. So thank you once again to (laughs) patreon.com slash for all nerds for all y'all do to support us. Thank you so much for all the patrons. You help us bring you this Malcolm Spellman interview. You, as a reward just for y'all this week, you will get a review of the first three episodes of Le Bad Batch. Le Bad Batch. Okay. Now on Disney Plus. Yes. El just Bad like, Batch. Yeah. Just El Bad like Batch. 
the Patreon, the patrons are the only people who got our reviews of Invincible. Invincible. Which is still live. If you'd even, especially, I still, we've gotten a lot of new patrons. Well, guess what? If you look into the big blog or the posting list, there are two, both uh, the video version and the audio-only version of our Invincible review. Again, Patreon exclusive. You have to be a patron in, in order to enjoy that. Patreon.com slash 4 nerds Doesn't matter what tier you're on, but you have to be part of it. Yeah, so especially because we got a lot of new patrons this week, and we are I know we're going to get some more, so make sure you go back and check the Invincible review. If you haven't watched Invincible yet, if you're thinking about watching it, mm-hmm. you should because it's fan effing tastic. Fantastic. You see the vent. Well, you can't really see them back there, but I got the Invincible comments behind me. Yes. Big fans. We were deep into it. We went deep in on it, just like we did from Views from the 616. So yeah. once again, thank you to all the patrons over there. Thank you. Thank you. And if, and if, and if, just exclusive podcasts and exclusive dialogues and video is not enough. We are always giving the goods to our Patreon fan fam. Only y'all get a special treat when it comes to promo codes and and saving money as well because we appreciate the money you give us. We want y'all to save money as much as y'all love to support us. You see this beautiful Inclusionist Revolution shirt designed by the Chrissy Chung. Well, you can get this on a variety of products, such as a t-shirt, such as a mug, such as your phone case. Ben Ami has the incredible Safe Negro podcast design. That was from our Lovecraft Country show. All of the incredible designs that go along with our shows and from friends of the show who are incredible artists. Shout out to Sketch Sawyer, who has our Mohawk Storm on a motorbike, exclusive to For All Nerds, by the way. Can't get it anywhere else. We give you special privileges if you're on the Patreon. So you can use those special privileges towards the merch on our TeePublic. TeePublic.com slash stores with an S slash for all nerds. And you go there, you get what you want. You can stock up, get some masks, whatever you like. Use your promo. We in there. And also, one other thing. When y'all get this stuff, like, tell us. Send us pictures. We want to salute you. We want to celebrate you we appreciate it because again everything that you're doing goes back to the podcast it goes back to allowing us to be able to do exclusive stuff for patreon like it's just this this what's this virtuous cycle like we love it and we appreciate you for everything you do so please make sure you get on that but i mean what do you have i got a you know mickey with mickey his from foot, the block my with boss. his foot on our <laughs> neck has the views from the 616 on his face you yes. know what I mean? it's only fair because he got his you know, uh, what is this? Spike. Oh, so his ball and chain. <laughs> yeah, his ball and chain foot on our neck over here. This, yeah. is, this is the Mickey that represents Disney and a foot on the neck. Yes. So views from the 616 on the mask. You can get it there on our T Public page. I actually got complimented on my Storm t-shirt walking oh. down the block the other day. Oh, did you? On your, you on your exclusive For All Nerds Only Storm t-shirt? Oh. On that one, that you could one get in the same. Like, like like forty colors. I don't know. The colors are absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Depending I got on, like, mine what the type pink. Of shirt you get. Yep. Yeah. I got the butter pink one, and somebody was like, "Yo, that joint is fire!" And I was like, "Thank you very much, sir." Yeah, yeah. Every every shirt I've gotten, people have like said stuff to me on the street, like, "Oh, that that's really cute," or "That's cool," or whatever. So not only are you supporting us, but you're also supporting your fashions, your fashion clout. In the yeah. streets. The so safe sure Negro pod is, oh, that's a fire yeah. one. Yeah. That and shit all is so of these fire. Are, are readily matchable with those Jordans you are not winning anyway on the sneakers app. So Wow. <laughs> I'm in the same elbow as all of y'all. That being said, thank you to everybody on the Twitch that is watching right the F now. Thank you. Twitch.tv slash for all nerds. You know we love y'all because y'all hold it down with y'all incredible chat. The chat room is always popping and always lovely. And you know we're always in the chat room talking with you as well. Sometimes we're debating. Sometimes we're arguing. Sometimes we're having a good laugh. The point is we're in there having fun. So make sure you join us. And Ben, I mean, we do have news about the Twitch, don't we? Yes, we do. Because not only now do we have the views from the 616 every Monday at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. New time. All those people who hit 6 p.m. on their phones are mad as shit right now. <laughs> I mean, look, this is only the time for night right now. It might change for Loki. We'll see. Yeah. You know, 6 p.m. is tight, though, y'all. That's tight. And, and, and we, there was a rhyme and reason to it, as Ben Amin's getting into. Mm-hmm. There's a rhyme and reason. Also, we, ha- we have to remember, we, we, ha- we have listeners all over. So, international. International. So, and, and so even if you're just talking about the U.S., like 3 p.m. New York time is only 12 noon Cali time. 
Yes. So, and then what is that like? Like 3 p.m.? What is that like? Like 10 p.m. in 9, London. 9, 10 p.m. for the for the Europe. Yeah. People so, in, in the UK. So we're trying we, to make a fair for I mean, I yeah. saw somebody tuning in from Australia recently, you oh, know, for wow. the Twitch it was channel. The next day over there. Damn. I, you know, they literally was. They were talking about how it was the next day. So, you know, we got we're trying to make it, you know, just work it out for everyone. We know we can't please everyone. And yeah, we know most fine. of our listeners are US based. So we work yeah. it for y'all. 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 p.m. on the West Coast. 6 p.m. we start getting it. It was dinner time. Look, yeah, it's and summertime. I want to go out and get faded at six. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like gotta be honest, right? Yeah. And also, as Benjamin said, and just in terms of, we understand we can't please everybody, but there's a way around it. It's called mm. YouTube. It's there called you go. our YouTube page, YouTube.com/slash For All Nerds TV. If you miss something, I know it's so much fun doing it live with us, but. You know you still want the information. You know you still want the content. You can go watch those replays on our YouTube channel. They're all there. And not only can you watch the views from the 616 replays, you can also watch all of the interviews that we've ever done. You can watch all the cool new content that's going to be there at some point. You can also watch all the replays from Uncolored Page, who is our gaming editor, or Uncolored P as he is known on the Twitch. And he is every week, every Wednesday and Friday... He is live streaming gaming. I think right now he's doing Resident Evil Village, which I am not going to play because I never liked Resident Evil too much. But he is doing it. So if you're in there or, or even if you're scared and you just want to watch what's going on so you can be informed, watch those live streams. You wouldn't know that unless you are, what, you heart us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash for all nerds at least. And yep. if you, and, and I'm going to tell y'all again, I'm giving y'all all of the back doors to all this stuff. We love also when you subscribe to us on Twitch. We also recognize that you don't necessarily have the money to do that. Well, you know, we also know you probably have. You probably have Amazon Prime. And if you have Amazon Prime, that means you get a free monthly subscription to whatever channel you want. So why don't you use that to subscribe to us for free? There it is. Question. Just saying. I'm just, look, I'm giving y'all everything. I'm giving y'all all the information. Like, there's no way. There's no way. You can't, you can't win too. We're gonna want, we want everybody to win as much as possible. Yes, sir. And also on the Twitch, very soon, you will be able to catch me painting little figurines, which you can barely see right now. We're going yeah, to work that out for the... That's your Necron from... Uh, what's, the, what's the stuff Warhammer called? 40K. Warhammer. This is my Necron figure, which I'm about halfway through painting right now. So I figured I'm going to start doing some little painting sessions, talking, playing music while I'm painting, you know, some vinyl, some classics and all that stuff. Just chilling out, you know. That'd so, be nice. Yeah, look for that on the late nights. Uh, I'm not sure what days, but probably some random late nights on Twitch. Yeah. That's when I like to do my painting. Yeah, if you were one of the lucky ones that saw me do my test stream, my test gaming stream, where we were trying to figure out the volume and all that other stuff, I'm also streaming my gaming. So, oh. you know, you might see some cool stuff happen. Like, I was at the time, I was playing uh, not Dynasty Warriors, but Hyrule Warriors, which is basically Dynasty Warriors with Zelda. So, and, and, and it's, it's the shit. I love it. And I'm going to continue doing that. So, like we said, we are putting in the work for all of y'all because we appreciate y'all and we love this. Mm -hmm. And I'll be DJing tomorrow before the show from 1 to 3, you know, just in case for people who are coming in for that regular views time at 1. You'll be <laughs> like, oh, play music. <laughs> look, it's me. Mario. <laughs> oh, it's me, Mario. <laughs> So, yes, make sure you follow us on twitch.tv slash forallnerds, patreon.com slash forallnerds, all the various places you can find this podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Make sure you follow us. Leave a five-star rating. Want to give a quick bid, bid, bid shout out to Toby Wan for coming through with the incredible, amazing artwork for this episode featuring me as Baron Zemo. Malcolm Spellman as Captain America and Tatiana King as the coldest winter soldier ever. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's us. Thank you, Toby. We appreciate it. Y'all gonna see me see that artwork. Ben, you know what I just realized? What's that? You put an M in your head, so you Luigi brother now. <laughs> <laughs>